This morning's scripture reading will come from the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 32. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it can be found on page 1040, or you can follow along on the screen behind me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. It is a blessing when you make a decision to get up on Sunday morning and worship God and come together with His people. And if you're a guest, we welcome you. We are thankful that you've made that decision. It's encouragement to us, and we hope that we can be an encouragement to you. As we think about the many things that are coming up today and even this month, I'd like for us to spend just a few moments. First, keep in mind that we will bid farewell to some tremendous summer youth interns. We're thankful for Danae Elder and for Jeremy Burkhart that they have taken this section of their life and they have given it to us and to our youth this summer and they've done a tremendous job. And you'll have an opportunity this morning and tonight uh, to let them know how you appreciate them. And keep in mind that tonight we will have a fellowship meal. It'll be a baked potato bar that will be uh, after services and to the rear of the auditorium. And so uh, the baked potatoes, the toppings, uh, the drinks, the hot dogs for your children that don't like baked potatoes, all of that is, is provided uh, if you'll bring dessert. And you can drop those desserts off in the rear uh, of the building as you're entering uh, worship tonight. There'll be someone there to accept those uh, if, if that works uh, and is convenient for you to drop them off at that time and place. Uh, we look forward to that time together and to give honor definitely to two individuals that are worthy of that honor. Also tonight, we will have an emphasis on back to school. Uh, we will come together this evening with a theme, if you will, in our prayers. We'll have a theme in our study together. Uh, we want God to bless and protect our youth and also all of our adults that work with our youth. Uh, you know, there's a lot said today about taking God out of schools and, and what's limited in schools. But there's no limit on the Christian life that can be lived by the hundreds of individuals that are part of this congregation that go to school every day. And that example is powerful. And we want to make sure that, that we challenge each other to do that and that we ask God's blessings in that. If you haven't already this morning, as you attend, as you fill out an attendance card, be sure and mark on your attendance card what school your children attend or if there's a school that you work in uh, or work with in some capacity, be sure and list that on the attendance card so we can pray for that school tonight. Also, uh, teachers that are teaching school-aged children this morning in Bible class, there, you'll see a yellow survey sheet that has six questions. It ought to be pretty quick and pretty uh, simple for the students to fill out. If you could have the students to fill those out this morning in class, at the beginning of class, and then bring those back uh, to the information center and drop those off after class, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, it's an exciting time in the life of our congregation 
You remember that we've been asking the question all year, are you open? And we asked the question in January, are you open to growth? And we talked about us overcoming those continual sins that may be taking place in our life. The result of that study also spurred the desire to help individuals more than just a particular study, but to help individuals on an ongoing basis. And so this month will be the beginning of letting you know that we will be starting a recovery program that, will be, that will, we will call Recovery Through Christ. And it is a tremendous opportunity for you to finally break that cycle of whatever the sin may be that you're struggling with, that maybe you've told yourself, I'm never going to be able to get this out of my life. I don't have the strength. It's, I'm just going to have to live with this forever. You don't have to live with this forever. But you probably will need the support of others to be able to overcome it. And so if, let me give you just a list, and many of you have already seen the bulletin this week in the mail, and you have read about this, but let me give you a list. If you're struggling with dishonesty, stress, anger, low self-esteem, eating disorders, alcoholism, codependency, substance abuse, sexual addiction, or whatever the sin is that just continually reigns in your life, this ministry will be for you. It's not therapy. It's not a place to judge others. It's not a quick fix. It's not a place of perfection. But what it is, it's a safe place for Christians to come and to encourage each other and to better understand God's love, His grace, His mercy, and to grow beyond whatever your struggle is. These groups will be divided into men's and women's groups, and they will meet uh, one night throughout the week and there is information on these sheets that if you have not received one they're at the information center uh, you can contact Jamie Harper or you can email RTC recovery through Christ RTC at mountjuliet.org uh, to learn more about that and express interest in uh, this tremendous and wonderful opportunity that is being made available to us also, as we consider thinking about that question, are you open? Welcome to a new month. It's August. Are you open to agape? Are you open to simple acts of kindness? Last year, this was probably one of the most appreciated newer things that we did as a congregation. And we're excited to do it again, and many of you already know all about it, but Let's take just a few minutes to explain it so that everybody here this morning will know what we want to do. In the lesson that we'll have in just a few moments, you will see the need for all Christians to be kind at all times. Even when others have mistreated us, God commands kindness. Kindness is a wonderful way to show the love of Jesus Christ to everyone that we come in contact with. You'll notice that the pews, uh, if, if you're sitting on the end of a pew right now and you have a pile of cards that are divided out in stacks of 10, we ask you not to divide the stacks, but to pass stacks down. And if everyone will keep 10 cards for themselves. Now, if the cards make it to the end and you have extra stacks, leave those in the corner because we're going to need those for next service also. 
But the goal is that everyone would leave here this morning with 10 cards. They're the size of a business card, you'll notice. And they say this simple phrase on them. We hope this small act of service shows you God's love in a practical way. Those of you that are along the walls, they should be in the window sills. And, uh, and around you, you will see those. And if you will, grab those and then pass them down also. You also notice in the songbook racks or again in the window sills, you'll notice this little flyer that describes what the program is all about. And you can read that and you can take it with you to get even greater details. If you'll notice inside this flyer, there are at least 50 suggestions. And if you participated last year, you know that there's probably 500 or maybe 500,000 or maybe 5 million ways that you literally could show acts of kindness. And so to say that these 50 are just a starting point would almost be an understatement. Please realize we would expect God to give you a lot more opportunities to show his kindness this month than just these 50 things. But I'll mention to you just a few off the top of this to get your mind to churning this morning. One way would be to pay for someone's meal behind you in a drive through Another way would be to mow someone else's lawn. I saw Mike Welch do that yesterday. Another way is to leave a huge tip for your server. Another way would be wash a neighbor's car. Another way would be deliver food for a family going through a difficult time. Or bring your neighbor's garbage can in on the day trash runs. Buy your, gross, or buy your cashier a soda. Write a thank you note to your garbage collector or to your mailman. Leave money in a vending machine. Take cookies to the fire department. And the list goes on and on. You know, everything good in our life that we do, we should give the glory to God. And these cards are a simple, easy way to do something good and then simply follow it by handing them the card so they recognize the reason you did that is because you love God and you want to serve them as God would want you to serve them. Now, to add a little fuel and a little creativity to this, we ask you when you do this and you see uh, the response that is given, be sure and go to our website. It's www.mountjuliet.org. It's on the cards there. You'll see an icon about simple kindness. Click on that icon, and you'll have the opportunity to write an anonymous post allowing individuals to hear of the good that is being done. Last year, it was simply amazing. Let this be something that you ponder on over the next few days. A thousand people doing only 10 acts of kindness. And, and we know from last year, many of you will do 20 and 30. Uh, and, and you just kept, you continually requested more and more cards. But let's just say, and we know it's not only going to be 10, but let's just say that there's a thousand doing only 10 acts of kindness in this one community. 10,000 acts of kindness will be done and God will receive all the glory. That's powerful. That's powerful. We are called to do powerful things in God's service. And we're thankful for that opportunity to do that. What is kindness? Kindness is far more than just a thought. You see, you can be compassionate in the sense of feeling sympathy for someone... But kindness is a benevolent act. 
It's action. It's doing something. Kindness is reaching out and doing good for someone else. This past week, I heard a story. And when I heard this story, you know how when you just know someone? I'm blessed to be able to say, I know the eldership at Mount Juliet. And when I heard this story, I immediately thought to myself, complete sentence form, I thought to myself, that's the way our elders, they either are or they want to be. I want to tell you this story, and I hope this describes the Mount Juliet congregation. I hope that, that this would be something that's multiplied time and time again because that's who we are. We are kind people such as that. This woman is now in her late 40s, and she tells a story about growing up in a small town in Texas. She lived in a trailer park, in a trailer with her mother, and at this time that the story begins was one of the many live-in boyfriends that lived with her mother. A little boy down the road was eight years old. She too was eight. He invited her to vacation Bible school at the East Side Church of Christ. She'd never been to church a day in her life. She was excited, though, about the opportunity, even though she didn't know exactly what she was excited about, but she knew this. When she got on that bus and she rode to VBS the first day, when she got home, she loved the people there, and she loved the activities, and she couldn't wait to go back the next day. She did. And she went back the next day and the next day and the next day. And they told her, they said, if you would like, we'll pick you up on Sunday and on Wednesday. She knew that her mother and her live-in boyfriend would never drive her the two miles to church. So she said, I'll ride with you on Wednesday. And she went on Wednesdays. And she grew to love the other children there and, and love learning about God. As time would go on, she would start setting her own alarm clock and get herself ready on Sunday morning. And she would ride with them Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And in her words, she says, there was times where I didn't go. I was just a little girl. But you know, they never gave up on me. They would call me again and say, don't you want us to pick you up? She'd say, sure. And she would start attending again. When she was 13 years old, her mother told her that they were moving to Oklahoma. This congregation that had known this little girl since she was eight, they found out what city she was moving to, and it was a tiny town in Oklahoma. There was only one Church of Christ in that town. They called and they spoke to a member of that congregation, and they got a commitment from that person that they would go and they would pick her up for every service. During those next five years that she lived in Oklahoma were not all easy. She began to be abused some as her mother began to practice prostitution and some of the individuals that would come into their home were very abusive. But they continued to come and pick her up for church. And the church at Eastside in Texas for the next five years never stopped calling to check on her. She had heard about a Christian school in Searcy, Arkansas, Harding University. 
she contacted them to see if she could go there. During her first year, she realized she wasn't going to have the money that she would have to have to continue attending there. Even though she received some generous grants and loans, she simply didn't have anything. The church, back when she was eight years old, stayed in touch. Someone from that church called a local congregation there and said, find her. Keep up with her spiritually. They called the business office of the school and they said, tell us what she needs and send us the bill. Several years later, she graduated with a graduate degree in social work. And for over two decades now, she's been helping others that are hurting. She's still a very faithful member of the Lord's church. She's had many children in and out of her home for two decades doing foster care and even adoption. Why? Friends, why does that happen? Are we so quick to discard simple acts of kindness Treating them as if they're trivial things when the reality is that's what life, good lives, are made of. Simple acts of kindness done day in and day out for a lifetime. I hope that we never cease to be a congregation that invests simple acts of kindness to everybody around us. I hope we become even more like our Lord in that, that we grow and mature in that as long as the Lord gives us opportunity to live upon this earth. You see, what we're talking about this morning isn't a suggestion, and it's not something small. It's not a softball type of sermon where it's an easy toss and you knock it out of the park. We're talking about tough stuff this morning. We're talking about whether or not you're willing to think of others every day of your life and put them before yourself. You see, when we go back to that text in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, notice again when he said, be kind to one another. Notice that's a command. When we think about this is a command the Lord says to do. Well, what is this kindness? When we look back at the original Greek word, You'll notice that the word there in Ephesians 4 and 32 is Christus. Now, the only reason I bring that up this morning is a lot of time when I study a scripture more in depth, I like to always go back to key words and see what that word is originally and then do a search of how that word is translated and used in other sections of scripture simply because it helps you to better understand the word. As I did this this week to just get a better grasp on kindness, I was amazed at how a study of this word just in the New Testament helps us to understand a really good definition of kindness. So for just a moment, let's go to a few other passages and see this very same word for a better understanding. Drop back with me, if you will, to Matthew, the 11th chapter. This is where Jesus is giving his invitation to us. And Jesus says in Matthew 11 and 30, For my yoke is easy... Now notice, that word, easy, is translated from the same Greek word, Christos, 
that other times is translated kindness. What is the Lord saying here? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is kindness? Think with me for just a moment. You have a pair of oxen and you have a yoke around their neck and they're, they're hitched to a heavy load. Now imagine instead of it being oxen, we're hitched to life. And there would be some here this morning that would say, my life right now has some very heavy burdens in it. And you feel like your yoke right now is not easy. You feel like your yoke is very, very heavy. And you realize what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, I would like to come and yoke my life with you. Are you willing? He's not going to force his way in anyone's life. But to share the yoke with the Lord, the Lord says, I can pull so much weight in your life that I can make that same burden. Notice, he doesn't say I can remove all the burdens, but he says I can walk with you. I can pull the load and make your burden light. What is kindness? Kindness is a way of making someone else's life easier. Isn't that a beautiful fact? You know, when we think about celebrate. When we think about recovery through Christ, that, that's beginning, we'll, we'll be talking about it a lot this month. And by the way, let me mention one more reminder to you. All of you teachers of, of Sunday morning, remember you got a meeting about this this afternoon at 5 o'clock. It's not that you'll be teaching the curriculum, but we want every Bible class teacher to be very much aware of what this is all about so that when you talk about it in Bible classes, you're well informed. You'll be given a packet so that you can answer questions. And so in room 208 this afternoon, 5 o'clock, if you miss that meeting, Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, the same meeting will take place so that next Sunday morning, every adult Bible class is going to begin with a five to seven minute announcement about this particular program. And you'll be well informed to make that announcement and to answer questions about it. But now let's think about that for just a moment. What is making a burden light? Think about when someone offers kindness to say, I want to come in your life and whatever is burdening you down, whatever you feel like you can't bear it, I want to help you with that. One of the kindest things that we can do. And sometimes we can actually help relieve or alleviate someone's burdens. Other times we can simply share it to make life easier. Last year, one of you in August drove through a Wendy's and you ask how much the ticket was for the person behind because you wanted to pay for theirs and it was two meals and you paid for it. You left a card and when the next car drove up, they told them that their meal was paid for and one of the green cards was handed to them. The woman came back home and she went on our website and she posted the story. And she said, it was a grown woman and her mother. And said, my mother and I were having a very difficult time because I believe it was her father that was having cancer and was going through some very difficult treatments. And said, today was a very bad day for us. And said, whenever that meal was paid for and that card was handed to us, it reminded us of how much the Lord loves us said, we pulled out of Wendy's and both of us began crying. It's tears of joy. What happened that day? The heavy burden that they were bearing 
was just a little bit lighter because someone offered kindness. Jesus is kind. Jesus says, I'll yoke with you and I'll help you pull this load. Go back, if you will, now to Luke, the fifth chapter. In Luke, the fifth chapter, we have the teaching about the old wine and the new wine. And notice at the end of this, he says, the old is better. And the word for better there is Christos. Now that's interesting, isn't it? It's the same word for kindness. What does kindness do? Kindness makes someone else's life better. Let that sink in. It really does. What if, what if I told you this morning that in, in a couple of weeks, we will have finished 11 years sharing our life and with you as in the life of this congregation. And what a blessing it is to be a part of this spiritual family. I can tell you that the kindness that you've displayed hopefully is not the only reason I'm here, but I can tell you it's made my life better. There's no doubt about it. And if we started around this auditorium right now and individuals talked about the kindness that individuals in this congregation have shown to them, you too would admit and agree that your life is better in this congregation because others around you are kind. You know, if, if you were, we're thinking about back to school tonight. When I think about my second grade and fourth grade teachers in school, I just have a warm feeling that comes over me. They were the kindest ladies my second grade teacher was a young woman who, who had not taught many years. My fourth grade teacher was about to retire. She had taught many of our parents. And, and, and both of these women were so kind to all of us that I can say without any hesitation, our year was better. Just last week, I was asking a young man, I said, what grader are you about to go into? And he said a grade. And because this is on the internet and sent all over, I'm not going to mention the grade, all right? And, and he, said, he said the grade. And when he said that particular grade, I kid you not, I, had a, a, I just had an awful feeling come over me. I had to bite my tongue. I almost said to this little boy, I hated that grade. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? I didn't hate it because the schoolwork was so different that year. You already know why I hated it. I had the rudest teacher that year. She never was nice to us. Every day was just straight business and abrupt. Did she make our life better? No. Why? She was only missing one thing. She was missing kindness. I want you to put who you are career-wise. I am a nurse. I am a teacher. I am an accountant. I am in retail. You put whatever you are, and I want you to admit to yourself this morning, if you're a Christian, you can't say, well, I'm just here to balance columns. It doesn't matter if I'm kind. If you're a Christian, it matters if you're kind. Well, I tell you what, I'm just here to make sure they learn social studies. It doesn't matter if I... It matters to God if you're kind. Well, I'm just here to take money and give back change. no. If you're a Christian, God is saying, I want you to make people's lives better. It's a command. Be kind to one another. It's not an option. It's a command. And what a blessing it is. 
a blessing to say we can literally come along and make someone's life easier simply through kindness. We can come along and make someone's life better simply by showing kindness. But let's look at another way that this is used. Go over in your Bible now to 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Many of you are going to recognize this passage, and you may be surprised of, of the word here that is translated from Christos. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And see, the, the habits there, you know that we can have bad habits or we can have good habits. And here it's good habits, but it's the same word that can be translated kindness. So what's the point? The point is goodness in action is kindness. Now, if we're doing the right thing ourselves, we might simply describe for ourselves, I want to do something good. But if we're doing it towards someone else, that goodness literally becomes an act of kindness. Now, as you go deeper in your Bible to 1 Peter 2 and 3, I'd like for you to see the last word that we'll look at this morning as it relates to this. 1 Peter 2 and 3, he says, in 1 Peter 2 and 3, he's talking about the Word of God, the written Word of God, and he says, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And that word gracious is Christos. What is grace? It's to give generously. When we give to someone in a generous fashion, the idea of grace is we've given someone more than they deserve. The Lord has been gracious. In other words, He has been kind to us. I know it's a stretch to say that you ought to remember a sermon literally from 12 months ago. But 12 months ago, we did a similar word study out of the Old Testament. And what was interesting to me that I didn't know until we did that study was that in the Old Testament, the word kindness in its root, in Hebrew, its root is closely connected to mercy, loving mercy. And here under the New Testament, we see that it's also translated gracious. God wants us to go above and beyond what would be expected of us as it relates to people. Now, notice this is something that we're called to do. When we go back to our text, notice there he says that command, be kind to one another. Then he says tender-hearted. We are called to feel it. Now what do we mean by this? Drop over to 1 Peter and we'll start bringing this lesson around to a close. 1 Peter 3rd chapter, look at verse 8 and 9. Finally, this is 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion. Some translations right there would say having sympathy for one another. Love as brethren, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Now pause there for a moment. Do you see something that's building here? Do you realize that, that he's building a strength? He says, I want you to be compassionate. That means you see the pain of someone. In other words, what good does it do if you see that I'm barefooted and it's wintertime and you look over and you say, I really hurt for that person. They're, they're barefooted. And then you continue walking. Well, let's be honest. That's the way a lot of people treat compassion. That may have a degree of compassion in it because it's felt. But if nothing is done, it's certainly not kindness. Compassion is supposed to move us into action. Sympathy is supposed to create the works of kindness. And so here he says, he says, I want you to be compassionate. I want you to be sympathetic. But then he says, as brothers... 
pause there for a moment. Let's go back to an illustration. That person that you saw, they, they had no shoes and it was wintertime. Now what if we change the illustration and say, that was your sibling. That was your biological sibling right there. Your brother or your sister. Now what are you going to do? You see, that's what he says in 1 Peter 3 and 8 here. I want you to be compassionate, and then he steps it up as brethren. And then he steps it up again, and he says, tenderhearted. What if I told you right now I have a sore on my hand? That's one degree of pain that I have described. But if I told you that sore is very tender, I have then increased the level of that pain. When you do a root study on tender-hearted, it's not going to surprise you, is it, that I tell you that it means well-compassioned. Isn't that interesting? You can have compassion that is sympathy on someone, but if you are tender-hearted, it means your sympathy rises. You feel even more of their pain. The idea is, if we're truly tender-hearted, we can't stand the pain we're tender-hearted, the sympathy is hurting us so much that we say, I have to do something to help them. And so what's the result? Let's read the rest of this in verse 9. The end of 8 was be courteous, which literally means to be kind. Not returning evil for evil or reveling for reveling. So that would have been the pagan way of handling things. Someone treats you evil, speaks evil against you, you treat them evil or speak uh, evil against them. But he says, on the contrary, blessings. Someone does something bad for you, you're going to give them an act of kindness. Knowing that you were called to do this, that you may inherit a blessing. This morning, if you're a Christian, you were called to have compassion that is so tender that you would treat others as if they were your biological brothers or sisters because your compassion is so tender-hearted that you will act even when that individual has mistreated you. You see, that's the rest of our verse this morning. When you go back to that, that text again, notice he talks about forgiving one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Forgiveness is one of the kindest things we can do for someone, but we don't do it because we simply have come up with this way to live. We do it because God has taught us how to live. God has taught us to be kind and forgive others even when they don't deserve to be forgiven. God has taught us to be tender-hearted and to help others even if they don't deserve to be helped. Listen, God is calling us to show His love to others. Through kindness. I look forward to seeing how God is going to use us this month. I look forward to seeing the difference that it's going to make in individuals' lives. Let's all do it. By handing someone that card, give God the glory. This morning, have you been forgiven by God? Will you come to Him on His terms? This morning... If you are ready to be immersed into Christ for the remission of your sins as a believer willing to repent, we'd love to help and assist you with that. Maybe you've done that, but along the way, you stopped showing the loving kindness of God. Or maybe you've allowed sin to separate you, so you stopped having the conviction in your heart 
that feels a lot of the things that we ought to feel as Christians. But maybe this morning you feel guilt. That's a good thing if you're guilty. Will that guilt bring you forward because you want forgiveness of sins? Will the love of God bring you forward because you want to serve Him? If we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.